Welcome to Baby Dribble, proudly sponsored by Sweet Dreamers. Baby Dribble is a fun, friendly and free parenting advice channel. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Baby Dribble. And it feels like ages since we've um, filmed a podcast, so it's great to be back. And as you can see, we're joined today by a very special guest. Welcome, Anya Homer. Hello. And Anya is the baby reflux lady, and she's here to tell us all about her mission to eradicate baby reflux. So we'll be looking at everything from learning how to read your baby's symptoms to the impact reflux can have on yours and your baby's sleep. So let's get started. Anya, would you mind telling us a little about yourself and how you became the baby reflux lady, please? I will, of course. Hi, Linda. Hi, Lucy. And yeah. thank you for having me here today. Quickly, my background actually starts with mechanical engineering and maths and mm -hmm. then was traditional Chinese medicine. Now, both of those taught me that we always look for the underlying cause. So six and a half years when I became a mum for the first time, within 16 hours, I felt like a complete failure. My daughter was screaming, wouldn't lie down for more than five minutes in her crib on her own. And about one o'clock in the morning, the midwives asked me to go to the other end of the ward because my baby was screaming and she was waking the other mums who needed rest. I'm kind of going, well, I need oh, rest yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So from that feeling of failure, um, we brought Sunflower home. We had no instruction manual, as nobody ever does. And the screaming continued night after night, day after day. We didn't have any vomiting, which people often associate with reflux, but that didn't appear. So I was told by the doctors, she's colicky. I was told by my health visitor that I was too soft and I needed to let her cry and she'll eventually learn how to sleep. Five and a half months later, I put some magical set of words into a famous search engine, or I may have clicked at page 17 of results, but I found something that described silent reflux, which is when babies have this regurgitation, but they don't have the vomit with it. So it described my daughter to a T, around my doctor with great hopes, you know, we can get an answer to this. And I was told, oh, it's okay, she'll grow out of it. And she was five and a half months at this stage. I was deep in the depths of postnatal depression. My daughter never slept for more than about 45 to 60 minutes in a go. And this is during the night as well. So... It's making me tired just thinking. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was absolutely exhausting. And it was so bad that I was questioning my decision to become a mum. Mm -hmm. You know, had I made the biggest mistake of my life? Because my life was unrecognizable. I mean, life changes when you have a baby, but this was something else entirely for us. Over the course of several months of sort of discovery and constantly being pushed back by everybody I asked for for support, I, I reverted to type. I went back into my engineering and traditional Chinese medicine um, background where I had to figure out what was causing her so much pain and distress. And I constantly, I trusted my gut instinct all the time that there was something wrong, that I had to do something about it. So I created these ridiculously detailed food and symptom diaries, recorded everything that I ate, everything that she ate, every symptom, every behavior. And I started to see patterns, and especially around things like apples, sweet potato, um, pear, parsnip, all of these first foods were making things worse than ever. Yes. So, you know, as a breastfeeding mum, I tried every diet possible. I was vegan. I did paleo. I did SCD. I tried being a carnivore. I tried Weight Watchers. Everything I tried. Nothing gave me 
consistent results day after day. But then with the food and symptom diaries, I eventually hit something, very reduced diet, but I had a different child and I had a number of foods that we could both eat. Over the following three months, we increased that to about 40 foods that we could both eat. And I had a happy baby. She was sleeping sort of three to four hours at night, but when she woke, she was awake for five minutes rather than 45 minutes. We had a happy child. I was very happy with that, except I needed to know why all that was the case. So I continued my research and learning. When my second daughter came along, she had a tongue tie. So that was a whole other, another mm. cause of reflux. They had to go through. And eventually somebody started saying to me, you need to write a book. You figured out so much. They planted the seed and eventually I did write a book, The Baby Reflux Lady Survival Guide. Because after four years of postnatal depression, I vowed to myself that no one should ever have to go through what my family went through because reflux is actually resolvable. Yeah. Completely resolvable. And then I have created this mission to eradicate baby reflux because I think that even in the worst cases of reflux, when we read baby's symptoms properly and the behaviours that go with it, we should be able to get an answer for every child within six weeks. So we can't prevent reflux, no. but we can resolve it once we understand exactly what's causing it for every child. Brilliant. Amazing. Gosh, there's a lot, a lot of background there behind the book. So and I can understand why your friends did say you should write the book. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So um, we're hoping that we'll be able to help um, quite a lot of our listeners whose ones are suffering from reflux. So um, we've got some questions here, yeah. haven't we, Lucy? Um, so we've sort of gone back to mm. the basics. Um, so can you tell us what is reflux? And what could be the causes? Yes. So firstly, reflux is very simple. It is a regurgitation. It's an involuntary regurgitation from the stomach into the esophagus, usually containing stomach acid. And that stomach acid isn't designed to be in the esophagus, so the acidity of it burns and irritates the esophagus. It's actually a normal ability of our bodies. So when the doctor says reflux is normal, the ability to regurgitate is normal, ongoing and constant regurgitation mm. is not normal. Mm. We all have the ability to reflux. So if you drink um, a soda very quickly, all the air in the stomach, you will burp. Mm. That is re re removing mm. the air from the stomach. That's one of the roles. That is sort of a refluxing action. If you eat a dodgy curry, your stomach will also go, hang on, there's something in here I don't like. So it can vomit that as well. So there's two roles. It removes air in the stomach, and the regurgitation also removes a potential pathogen that the body, rightly or wrongly, assumes could be dangerous. Now, in infants, it is not caused by an overproduction of stomach acid, and it is not caused by a weak lower esophageal valve. A weak lower esophageal valve is true for every child because all babies are born with a lower muscle tone therefore that's there for all babies mm. it's when there's a buildup of air in the stomach or there's this potential pathogen they're the most common causes now we can have reflux being caused by vaccinations we can have reflux caused by birth trauma we can have it caused by pyloric stenosis or intestinal blockages or gene defects as well now they are fewer mm. in the cases but when we understand the symptoms and patterns behind it we can nail down specific cause or causes for each child and then take specific action to address those mm. and that's what that goes with your six weeks 
yeah. sort of idea that you can nail it down and then you consult it. Exactly, yeah. because for some babies, for example, it might be a natural immaturity in their digestive system coupled with birth trauma that is causing oh, their reflux. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. we need to address them one at a time mm -hmm. and always, you know, it's about reading the symptoms, looking for the low hanging fruit on the tree going, that's the most likely yes. one. That's going to give you the biggest result. Let's do that first yeah. and then do the next thing. And I don't ever advocate doing multiple things at the same time because then we don't know Which what's one? worked yes. exactly and what yeah. hasn't. And yeah. if things have made things worse, you want to be able to know for a future going, uh-uh, mm. that's not going to work this time. Of course, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Um, and what are, the sim what are some of the symptoms? Because I'm sure there's probably a lot. Um, and how can we figure out what's happening with our babies? When it comes to symptoms, there's a, there must be about 70 or more symptoms and behaviours that we, we should take into account. For example, in my case, my daughter never vomited, so therefore I was told she couldn't possibly have reflux. Okay. Now, I didn't know there was such a thing as silent reflux, no. which is reflux without the vomiting. Mm. There can be, you know, we look at behaviours, sort of squirming and grunting. Yeah. Babies who are generally unsettled more than mum thinks they should be. Yeah. If baby is unhappy or grumpy, then always have a look at something deeper because babies are born to be happy and content. They don't want to cry. So lots of crying, um, lots of pain. Very often babies with reflux will do a, uh, an arching behavior or they'll be classified within four or five weeks of age of having a strong neck. You know, they want to hold their head up. That's them actually trying to stretch away from the reflux and regurgitation that's in their esophagus. They'll have lots of wind, trapped wind, bloating. They might not want to lie down. They're uncomfortable. The challenge we have is because reflux isn't actually a disease. Now, it's called gastroesophageal reflux disease. It isn't a disease in its own right. It's actually a symptom of something else. So reflux doesn't have X number of symptoms that every baby will have and present with. So that's why we've got to look at the yeah. overall picture. And so many babies who are classified as colic, just because they're unsettled in the evenings, every evening repeatedly, um, get reclassified as having reflux when they haven't grown out of it at the 12 week okay. mark. Mm -hmm. Because reflux or colic, apparently we grow out of it. Right. Yes. Yeah, I remember, because my son was early, and I remember them saying him, that he had an undeveloped digestive system, which he obviously did, <laughs> yeah. and everything. Um, and they said that the grunting, because he used to grunt a lot. Yeah. He's like, what is it? He no no other it. babies I know make this noise. He's like, I don't understand. And he would do it all night. And he would just be squirming and moving. Yeah. So it must have been mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Mm. I remember the grunting very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, You've got an alien. That's it. Well. I did. I felt like that. And if you don't have other babies around you, you probably wouldn't know, <clears> would you? <throat> because I had quite a few <clears throat> in the family. I knew that that was, it was a bit. It wasn't yeah. quite right. Yeah. the only baby I knew that grunted. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and what actions can we help to take to help our babies? So the actions are going to be specific to what's going on. However, it's really important to be aware that crying is one massive way that babies ingest a lot of air into their stomach, which builds up the pressure in the stomach and therefore makes reflux worse than it otherwise would have been. So doing everything we can as parents to comfort our babies, 
to keep them upright if that's helping them, to minimize the crying because that will make things better than they otherwise would be, um, and to help them sleep. So I see a lot of children in the early weeks, like under six mm. weeks of age, where mum's going to classes and she's trying various different things and wants to be out and about a lot. Actually, we're doing too much for babies and babies are overstimulated, so they're crying. They're getting overtired, so they're crying. And all of this is causing reflux. I know a number of babies who have been on medication when actually they were just overtired. So we need to be really cognizant of what we're doing. So all the, all the common tips of tilting the cot and keeping baby upright, they put gravity on baby's side. But reducing crying reduces the amount of air going into the baby's stomach and then working to understand exactly what is pinpoint, you know, pinpoint the cause for every child is where we go. So then we take specific actions. For example, tongue tie, massively underdiagnosed at the moment in the UK, but can be a very direct cause of babies having reflux. And it's just as important for babies who are bottle fed as breastfed. So, for example, when baby's tongue is restricted, when they're drinking their milk, they're also taking on air. So if you see a baby leaking milk while they drink, if milk can mm. come out of their mouth, air can go in. Yes. If, <clears throat> if they're gulping or choking or gagging on their, fo- on their feed, again, mm. they're taking air in, which is going to make that reflux worse. So doing everything we can to improve baby's latch. If there is a tongue tie there, always have it resolved. Um, so if there's a tongue tie and baby has reflux, it should be resolved. Yeah. Can you just ask, like, a health professional, do they have tongue tie? No. Oh. Most health professionals, a lot of them will comment on tongue tie, mm-hmm. but in truth, there are only two who are absolutely guaranteed to be trained to diagnose oh, okay. it. So it's an international board-certified lactation consultant. Okay. And they're not just for breastfed babies. They will yeah. support bottle-fed babies as well, or a tongue-tie practitioner. Oh, okay. They are the two um, infant feeding specialists who can diagnose tongue-tie in the early days. When children are older, we're seeing speech therapists around the age of two yes. who diagnose tongue-tie mm-hmm. because of communication delays caused by a uh, lack of mobility in the tongue. And we see some dentists addressing tongue tie as well from an oral hygiene point of view. But in the early days, no, it doesn't help in the early days. Oh, I thought that would have been like one that I thought they would have checked it with all the the fingers and tongues. I thought they would have checked the tongue. Yeah, it's very it's very difficult to pinpoint like what we call a posterior tongue tie, which is at the rear of the tongue. And I have a number of clients say, my baby's been checked for a tongue tie. There's a 10% tie there. So apparently it's not affecting feeding. But when you look at the child, they're having great mm, difficulty feeding yeah. and they're having reflux as a result. So my line is quite straight on this. If there's a tongue tie there and baby has reflux, resolve it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and our last question is, is medication an option? Medication is absolutely an option. It's not the only way, and it's really important to understand it does not cure or address the the underlying causes of reflux. Medication has a very important role to play in minimizing pain and minimizing damage to the esophagus. Stomach acid is not supposed to be in the esophagus, so if it's there, it can literally burn away the lining of the esophagus, and that's called erosive esophagitis. 
So medications can play a very important role in the short term to reduce pain, reduce crying, and therefore reduce the reflux itself. While we then work to understand what the original cause is, so that we can address the cause and then wean baby off the medications. They're not a get out of jail card free. I'm seeing lots of babies who've been on medications for several months, some even years, mm -hmm. where the medications are then causing more problems than they're resolving. Yeah. Um, so it is, I think we need to take a very, um, a very thoughtful approach to medications. Yeah. You know, the medications are the, the only option. They are not the only option and it is much more important to address the underlying cause first um, or use the medications as a short-term solution mm -hmm. to then allow us time to understand what specific causes are. I mean, I've done I've done a massive series on around medications to help parents decide mm -hmm. I know myself, we got offered medications when my eldest was eight months old and I was told nothing about the medications. I asked a number of questions and the consultant said, look, just give the medications. You'll be back thanking me next week for changing your life. I'm like, but I don't want to give her medications without information. And in a survey I've been running for two years, so many parents have told me they haven't had the information they wanted at the time, but equally they weren't sure what questions to ask. So. I've done a freebie. So that sort of covers in your book, doesn't yeah. it? So <clears throat> process of elimination, I imagine you can... Yeah, yeah. Out of your book, you can hopefully find out what's happening. There, there's my book. There's also a freebie people get from my website oh, with oh, just the 12 questions to ask, to ask your doctor. Yeah. Along with what should the answers look like Yeah. over the following days. You get a yeah. series of emails going, this is what the answers to each question should look like. Exactly. So that's if people just go to my website, they can get that for free. So on your what's your website? It's www.thebabyreflexlady.co.uk. We'll put that up on there yes, anyway. Yes, definitely. Soon. Thank you very much. No problem. And yes, thank you for all that information. There's quite a lot there, actually, that I think we yes, can fabulous. go off of. Mm. Um, and if something's not right with your baby, you can also speak to, like I said, the doctor, midwife, health professional, anyone like that. Um, but as always, um, we ask our Instagram followers yes. some uh, myth-busting questions. We do like a myth yeah, we do like on our podcast. Um, so we thought we could hopefully try and dispel some of those. It might be something we've actually already talked about. Um, but our first one was, there is not a cure for colic, mm. which is quite a big one. 61% uh, said true and 39% said false. So that's actually higher, I thought, on the mm. true than I was expecting. But as we've spoken mm. about... Do you think there is a cure? There or is. Depending on the cause. Yes. Well, colic mm -hmm. is 99% due to the natural immaturity of baby's digestive system, mm -hmm. that they simply cannot break down something in their milk, be it mm. formula or mum's milk. There's something in there that they can't fully digest. Yeah. So it's fermenting in their gut, giving them this trapped wind. Mm -hmm. They don't have the muscle ability mm. to move it through their gut. So they cry out in distress yeah. as it builds up in the evening. And then generally when these babies pass wind, they do what, what we called in our house, daddy farts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then and then they sleep. And then that's, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, thank goodness. It's quite nice. That, yeah. that whole colic word yeah. is just like, oh, well, that's it. They've got yeah. colic. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. But to know that there's mm. yeah. reasons behind it. We can definitely, want, really, yeah. Like and you point. can look at what's in mum's milk or you can look mm. at the particular formula baby's on and <clears> choose a different formula with different ingredients yeah. in it. Perfect. Uh, thank you. And um, we've got the other myth was your baby will grow out of reflux. 
88% said true and 12% said false. Hmm. Oh. Interesting this. Yeah. Yes. So technically, baby won't grow out of reflux. Their digestive system will mature yes. yeah. and they will then be able to digest all the foods mm. they've had yeah. or they will stop drinking from a bottle so they'll have better control and they won't be drinking so much air so as they grow older they will do things differently and their body will do things differently now there is one piece of research that shows many babies with reflux will a part of their body will grow and this is the esophagus mm -hmm. esophageal length has been shown to be shorter in babies who have reflux really? and as they grow that grows but it doesn't necessarily correlate to their reflux stopping. Okay. Oh, oh, that is interesting. interesting, isn't it? There you go. Thank you. Um, and then the third myth we had was what mum eats does not transfer into her breast milk. So 19% said true and 81% said false. So they were quite good on that yeah. one. Really That's well. brilliant. Yeah. That's really reassuring to hear because yeah. I have had number of clients stop breastfeeding because their doctor has told them it was their breast milk that was causing the yeah. reflux. And actually, we see an 8% increase in reflux when babies move to formula from breast milk. Oh, yeah. um, there is solid research that says dairy proteins. We know that they transfer into breast milk. And the truth is, if anything can pass the intestine blood barrier, mm -hmm. it is small enough to pass the barrier between blood and breast milk. Mm -hmm. So therefore, any small molecules can pass through those barriers. And the Lalesh League have done huge amounts of research. And quite frankly, I, I like going by that research, the, you know, the Lalesh League have focused massively on this. So anything mum eats can get into baby's breast milk. Perfect. That's Thank what you. we're talking about. Yeah. We yeah. We're really hot on this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Brilliant. So now it's time for our podcast giveaway. So we've got the uh, Baby Reflux Ladies Survival Guide, which is an amazing book yeah. there, full that you've written down here, um, which is fabulous, and combined with a You and the Dream Sheet. So, mm -hmm. great prize there this week. Hopefully, you get sleeping. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, all you've got to do if you want to be in with a chance of winning Anya's book and the um, You and the Dream Sheet is to email the word reflux to prizes at sweetdreamers.co.uk and that's entrance from UK and Ireland please and you have to be over 1820 and all the T's and C's are on our website um, so good luck with all the entrants and thank you everyone who's taken part in the um, podcast myths yeah. and also you of course Anya for coming along to tell us all about reflux we've learned a lot haven't yeah. we we'll put all your details on yes. the bottom on our, yeah. of the podcast so that people can find you absolutely yes yeah and all, all over our Instagram yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and all our baby dribble content is available on our blog 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 I always say that <laughs> YouTube I'm going to say a different word every <laughs> time I do it <laughs> on our blog <laughs> YouTube <laughs> and at sweetdreamers.com forward slash baby dribble so that's bye for now thank you thank you bye 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 hey guys really hope you enjoyed this episode of sweet dreamers baby dribble if you did please share and pass it on and let us know what you think